section eight part two of the sikh religion its gurus sacred writings and authors volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the sikh religion its gurus sacred writings and authors volume three by max arthur mcauliffe life of guru arjan chapter seven part two guru arjan now felt the necessity of laying down rules for the guidance of his followers in the performance of their daily religious duties and expiatory rites this course would reduce his religion to consistency and hinder divergent tenets and rituals that consummation however could only be attained when the exact words of the gurus were permanently recorded in one grand volume the guru was strengthened in this determination by information he continually received that prithia was composing religious hymns of his own which he described as the compositions of guru nanak and his successors and the ignorant populace had not sufficient intelligence to discriminate guru amar das in the twenty-third and twenty-fourth paris of the anand had decided that only the real hymns of the guru should be repeated and reverenced by sikhs accordingly such compositions should be collected and arranged for the guidance of the faithful nothing but evil could result from the hymns which prithia endeavoured to impose upon the public in addition to the hymns of the gurus guru arjan praised the compositions of gur das especially his waran being thus commended gurdas volunteered to go to goindwal to mohan elder son of the third guru for the volumes containing the guru's compositions gurdas however failed to attract mohan's attention he had locked himself in his house and was said to be intent on his devotions gurdas remained knocking at his door for a whole night but failed to receive an answer he then returned to amritsar and told the guru the story of his failure bhai buddha then volunteered to go on arriving in goindwal he endeavoured to gain mohan's attention but also failed he then broke open his door and found mohan in a state which simulated unconsciousness mori mohan's younger brother came on hearing the tumult and advised bhai buddha not to awaken the sleeper upon this bhai buddha desisted and returned to amritsar the guru on hearing of his ill success decided that he would go himself on arriving at mohan's house he called out to him but received no answer the guru then addressed him the following stanza which might be considered partly as addressed to god and partly to mohan mohan meaning the enchanter being one of the names of the divinity o mohan lofty is thy mansion and matchless thy palace o mohan saints adorn the doors of thy temple in thy temple they ever sing the praises of the infinite and merciful god where the company of the saints assemble there they meditate on thee show compassion and kindness o compassionate lord be merciful to the poor nanak representeth i am thirsting for a sight of thee grant it to me and all happiness shall be mine on hearing this mohan opened the door to find that the guru himself had come to visit him 
not being totally appeased by the verses he had heard he reproached the guru with having taken the guruship out of his family and come to steal the religious and literary memorials of his predecessors the guru took no notice of his blustering but proceeded to address him another stanza o mohan incomparable are thy words and superior thy deportment o mohan thou believest in one god all others thou treatest as refuse thou believest in the one invisible god who holdeth the whole fabric of the world under the guru's instruction thou hast subjected to thyself god the primal being thou thyself movest o god thou thyself standest still thou thyself supportest the whole fabric nanak representeth preserve mine honour all thy servants seek thy sanctuary mohan somewhat softened on hearing this descended from the upper chamber in which he had been seated in order to receive his distinguished visitor the guru followed up his poetical address with a third stanza o mohan the company of saints meditate on thee and consider how they shall behold thee o mohan at the last hour death shall not approach him who repeateth thy name the god of death shall not touch him who with single heart meditateth on thee all who worship thee in thought word and deed shall obtain the fruit thereof the impure the foolish and the stupid on beholding thee obtain divine knowledge nanak representeth o omnipresent god abiding be thy sovereignty when mohan examined the guru's face he saw in it such preternatural splendour that he recognised the light of all the gurus he then surrendered the books deeming the divine guru before him their proper custodian upon this the guru uttered a fourth stanza and thus completed the hymn o mohan mayest thou be successful with thy family o mohan thy children friends brethren and family all hast thou saved thou hast also saved those who having beheld thee have dispelled their pride death never approacheth those who magnify thee endless are thine excellences they cannot be described o true guru and supreme god nanak representeth thou hast preserved a prop by clinging to which the world shall be saved the guru composed the following also on that occasion i am wealthy and fortunate in the true name i sing god's praises with composure and love when i opened and saw my father and grandfather's treasury of sacred books my soul was enriched my storehouses were filled with gems and rubies inestimable inexhaustible and unweighable o oh, my brethren let us eat and spread this wealth together it shall not diminish but continue to increase saith nanak he on whose forehead such destiny hath been written will join us in availing ourselves of this treasure after this the guru and mohan held a long conversation on the subject of the gurus from the time of guru nanak mohan was so pleased with the interview that he pressed his visitor to remain with him the guru excused himself on account of the project he had formed to compile the hymns of his predecessors he then departed promising to visit mohan again whenever he was honoured with an invitation 
on the guru's return journey to amritsar he stayed at kadur datu guru angad's son who had kicked guru amar das off his throne went to meet him and for the sake of self-abasement and as an act of contrition put himself the following questions in presence of the guru how can there be worship without merits how can there be honour without learning how can there be victory without bravery how can there be meditation without mental composure how can the heart have peace without contentment how can empire be obtained without the performance of meritorious acts how can there be divine knowledge without the true guru how can there be honour without virtue since the ocean of life is unfathomable how can one cross it without a vessel how can there be worship without loving god's lotus feet how can there be deliverance without god how can there be singing without a tune how can one acquire fame without verse praise without the bestowal of gifts the ocean of the world is wide how can one cross it without the sikh religion how can there be day without the sun i had no virtues or good qualities so how could i have been guru such have been my reflections datu then narrated to the guru all his misconduct and the result thereof he said he still felt pain in his foot which the robbers had injured he had gone to visit guru amar das on his deathbed and begged pardon for his violence guru amar das told him that the fifth guru would heal him guru arjan in consideration of datu's descent put his hand on the injured limb and made it whole he then after a conversation with datu on the subject of the preceding gurus and after an interview with his brother dasu set out for amritsar on the guru's arrival in amritsar he made plans for the compilation of the granth sahib he fixed for the purpose on a secluded spot where jand wild caper indian fig and pipal trees yielded agreeable shade while green herbage gratified the eye and afforded a pleasant carpet for the feet tents were erected for the accommodation of the guru and his bards and minstrels the guru decided to have a tank constructed there also and set about its excavation on the completion of the tank and at the time of giving it the name ramsar the guru composed the following which may be understood literally or spiritually ever bathe in god's tank stir it up and drink the great nectarious juice god's name is holy water he who batheth in it shall have all his desires fulfilled where god is spoken of in the company of the saints the sins of millions of births are erased the saints rejoice on remembering god's name and their souls and bodies feel supreme delight the slave nanak is a sacrifice to him who hath obtained the treasure of the dust of god's feet the guru on taking up his abode near the tank was accompanied by a crowd of sikhs he now occupied himself with collecting further materials for his compilation and with composing hymns of his own he therefore instructed by buddha to take his place in the har mandar and do duty for him by giving religious instruction to all who presented themselves he sent for gur das and appointed him to write the hymns of the gurus from his dictation 
he ordered that they should afterwards be translated by learned men into indian and foreign languages so that they might extend over the whole world as oil spreads over water the followers of the principal indian saints hindu and muhammadan since the days of jaidev were invited by the guru to attend and suggest suitable hymns for insertion in the sacred volume they repeated hymns of their respective sects and such as conformed to the spirit of reform then in vogue or were not wholly inconsistent with the guru's teaching were adopted and incorporated in the granth it may be here conceded that those hymns received some alterations in the process of transmission from the saints to their followers who were contemporaries of guru arjan and this will explain why so many punjabi words are found in the bhagat's writings and why they differ from their compositions preserved in other parts of india according to the hindu religion it was deemed a sin to listen to the teachings of mussulmans to say nothing of that of sudars it was one of the guru's objects to show the world that there was no such superstition in the sikh religion and that every good man no matter of what caste or creed was worthy of honour and reverence the hymns are arranged according to rags or musical measures the hymns of the first guru mahala one come first then those of the second guru mahala two and so on after the guru's hymns the hymns of bhagats or indian saints who had previously conceived reformatory ideas were inserted though without any fixed order of precedence sata the minstrel who had visited guru ram das now came and completed the long hymn begun by balwand by adding the following pauri in praise of guru arjan the four gurus illumined the four ages of the world thou arjan art the fifth in their place it is thou thyself who didst create the world thou art its standing pillar thou art the tablet thou art the pen thou art the writer the human race cometh and goeth thou art ever new and whole guru arjan sitteth on baba nanak's throne the true guru's canopy shineth over him thou hast illuminated every direction from the east to the west they who worship not the true guru are subject to transmigration thy miracles increase twofold and fourfold this is a true offering to the true guru the four gurus illumined the four ages of the world thou art the fifth in their place kana shaju shah hussein and pilo four religious men of lahore also came and requested the guru to find a place in his granth for their compositions he invited them to give him specimens of their poetical abilities kana was the first to deliver his composition i am he i am he whom the veds and purans sing but whom none hath found by search this a deification of kana himself was promptly rejected by the guru as rank blasphemy chaju's composition was the following look thou not on woman even though she be cut out of paper like a plundering band of balachis she will take thee away and kill thee this was rejected as being too derogatory to the female sex according to guru nanak domestic life was the best of all and he had no wish to depreciate women shah hussein's turn came next the following was his composition 
be silent o oh my friend be silent there is no necessity o oh my friend for speaking my friend there is no necessity for speaking within and without us is the one lord to whom else shall we address ourselves the one beloved pervadeth every heart there is nowhere a second saith the humble fakir hussein i am a sacrifice unto the true guru this was rejected by guru arjan on the ground that he did not consider it the duty of holy men to conceal the message which god had commissioned them to give to the world pilo the last to claim the honour of immortality in the granth sahib submitted the following they who have died at their birth are superior to us they do not thrust their feet into the mire and are not befouled therewith this was also rejected on the ground that better is the man who struggles with the world to make his life profitable than he who quits the scene at the outset krishan lal and harlal two elderly learned pandits of banaras came to behold the guru they told him that guru nanak had given them much instruction on his visit to their holy city that instruction was now incorporated in the asakai war and had become the common property of men but they came to guru arjan to receive from him special instruction to suit their own particular case he composed what are called the sahaskriti sloks written in a species of prakrit for their edification to these compositions he subsequently added the gatha now found near the end of the granth sahib the guru probably to make trial of his learned and able scribe bai gurdas whose compositions he admired offered to insert them in the granth but bai gurdas said that they were not worthy of such honour the guru complimented him on his modesty and ability and said that whoever read the bai's writings should acquire spiritual profit and instruction and faith in the teachings of the holy gurus several bards who had accepted the sikh religion appeared before the guru and offered him panegyrics of himself and his predecessors the guru graciously gave such compositions a place in the sacred volume when all the hymns for insertion had been determined on the guru sat within his tent and dictated them to bai gurdas after much time and labour the volume was completed on the first day of the light half of badan sambat sixteen sixty one a d sixteen o four the guru then wrote the mandawani as a conclusion and affixed his seal thereto the mandawani is as follows three things have been put into the vessel truth patience and meditation the ambrosial name of god the support of all hath also been put therein he who eateth and enjoyeth it shall be saved the provision should never be abandoned ever clasp it to your hearts by embracing god's feet we cross the ocean of darkness nanak everything is an extension of god after this the guru in his self-abasement inserted the following slok i did not appreciate what thou didst for me and yet thou madest me worthy i am full of demerits i possess no merit and yet thou thyself hast compassion on me thou showest compassion and kindness unto me i have found the true guru the friend nanak if i obtain the name i shall live and my body and soul shall be refreshed a mohammedan poet called alim in a h nine ninety one a d fifteen eighty three 
wrote a work in three hundred and fifty-three stanzas generally from four to six lines each called madhava nal sangit which purports to be an account of the loves of madhava nal and a lady called kam kandala the ragmala which forms the conclusion of the granth sahib and contains a list of the rags and raginis and their subdivisions is a portion of alim's work extending from the sixty-third to the seventy-second stanza it is not understood how it was included in the sacred volume the rags mentioned in it do not correspond with the rags of the granth sahib the guru invited all his sikhs to see the precious compilation the fruit of so much anxious labour and distributed sacred food amongst them as a thanksgiving for the completion of his toil the volume was by the advice of bhai buddha and bhai gurdas deposited in the harmandar at the conclusion of his task the guru told his sikhs that the granth sahib was the embodiment of the gurus and should therefore be held in extreme reverence he then considered to whom he could entrust the sacred volume if he entrusted it to the bedis tehans balas or sodis the tribes from whom the gurus had sprung they might become proud and consider themselves far superior to their surroundings or they might perchance owing to their mutual jealousies and quarrels treat it with disrespect he therefore decided on giving charge of it to bhai buddha who had seen guru nanak whose devotion had been often tried and who would perform the duty with reverence and love supplementary to the instructions contained in the granth sahib the guru prescribed the rites to be observed on the decease of a sikh and also on occasions of rejoicing when bhai buddha first opened the sacred volume in the temple his eyes fell on the hymn quoted above beginning the creator stood in the midst of the work which he regarded as auspicious and having a direct reference to the compilation bhai bano who lived at mangat in the gurat district of the punjab took a keen interest in the work and went with a large following to see it his curiosity was aroused and he considered how he could obtain possession of the precious volume he asked the guru for the loan of it to show to his flock the guru for obvious reasons was most unwilling to part with it but was finally prevailed on to do so according to his order bhai bano might read it for sikhs on the way but he was not to detain it in his village for more than one night bhai bano instead of expediting his journey proceeded by slow and short marches and thus contrived to obtain a full copy of the grand sahib before he returned it into his own copy he introduced some hymns which had been omitted by the guru the guru on hearing of this told him the volume might remain as he had compiled it there is another story namely that the grand sahib was entrusted to bhai bano to have it bound in lahore and that in taking it there he had an unauthorized copy prepared End of section eight.